Hello, 90 Day Fiancé fans. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé Honestly, the podcast that brings you an unfiltered, no-nonsense take on all things 90 Day. I'm B, And I'm Amy. We promise you two things. No tangents and zero interruptions from ads. We're diving deep into the world of international love, decoding all of the relationship drama, and serving up the truth with a side of humor. So whether you're a seasoned 90 Day fan or just starting the K-1 visa journey, buckle up for a ride filled with love, laughter, and of course, honesty. Hi, Amy. Abby. Here we are again. It's still oh. season 10. Almost done, though. Almost done. Yes. This e- recap is for episode 18, which it should be, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> although I say that with a little bit of trepidation because sometimes we think it's almost over and then it's not. This should be the end of the season of the last regular show and up next will be the tell-all, which we've been shown is going to be two episodes long. Do you think Sean is finally going to ask some questions that satisfy us? No, no, no. Yeah, I think we're going to have another situation where the cast is asking the questions that we want to know the answers to, and Sean is just trying to be as nice as possible to everyone and not ruffle anybody's feathers, which, of course, as we all know, does not make for an interesting discussion. No, she's going to say that we'll unpack it later and then never unpack a damn thing. Yeah. So let's get started. This is the final recap, season 10, 90 Day Fiancé. And let's start with my least favorite couple of this season, Ashley and Manuel. Mm. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah. It's hours before their wedding and Manuel and his friends are going out to get their haircut. Seems like the only thing they want to talk about is the weather, as does Ashley. Because as we know, there's a tropical storm or storm of some kind headed their way. And she still says that she hasn't checked the forecast. Why wouldn't you check the forecast? Why wouldn't you keep an eye on it? And also, if you're planning on having an outdoor wedding, why wouldn't you have a backup plan? Because as we know, it needs to happen on this day and it needs to happen at 530. But if you're having this warning of this big storm coming through, why wouldn't you have an indoor option? Well, I get Ashley's stance that She's not a Floridian. She doesn't remember to check on these things. But certainly with a wedding planner who is from Florida where they're getting married, does the wedding planner not know to have a backup plan just in case the weather is crappy? Has she specifically told uh, the wedding planner she doesn't want to have an indoor wedding and to not make that a consideration? That could be too. Yeah. Yeah. She Uh, even says that they're going to have, after her tarot reading, they're going to have a wedding. It's going to be a bit of chaos, but there's Mm -hmm. nothing that they can do about it. But there is something they could do about it. It's have it indoors. Yeah, I know. That's that's way too logical. No, Ashley is anything but logical. And yeah, as they're doing the card reading, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be some vague, overarching kind of prediction of nothing. And of course it was. Just there's nothing you can do about it, Ashley. Oh, Okay, that uh, that's news to me. Not. I know. And then have a panic <sighs> attack about it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, she's starting to list all of the things that she and Manuel have made it through in order to get to their wedding day. And what, a couple of the things that she lists, I think there were only two, are the witchy job. I don't understand how that's been overcome, but okay, whatever. 
and the problem with the distance of a family in Ecuador. And again, I really don't understand how that problem has been overcome since he deliberately kept her at arm's length from all of his family, but especially his two kids. And now he's married to somebody who has never spent any time with his children, let alone significant time. She hasn't overcome anything with him. No. All they've done is bottle it up and bonobo their way through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about that? What about the, the way that they solve their problems? Have they figured that out? No. What about their very poor communication? Have they figured that out? No. Mm-mm. Oh, it's such a disaster. And anyway. I think that this whole weather system that's coming towards them Mm-hmm. is very indicative of the fact that her idea of manifesting upon orgasm doesn't yeah. work. No, I think we've covered that amply. And our proof is better than any proof that she has, because in every possible situation that she's had to be able to disprove us, she hasn't done it. So she we win. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's getting ready for the wedding. She works herself up into this manic state again. We see her doing her fake panic attacks slash craziness. It, uh, at least she's not driving the car this time. Mm-hmm. Somebody else has got control of the vehicle. Ashley's mom is in the back praying for calmness for Ashley. So clearly she understands this routine. And as the sky is getting darker and darker, as they get closer and closer to the beach, Ashley just starts losing it. And this is probably the best fake panic attack that we've ever seen her have. I think so. She's crying. She's screaming. She's huffing. She's puffing. She's tingling. She's everything. And the driver is loving every bit of it. Did you see his face? Yes. He was (laughs) delighted. He was having a good, great time. <laughs> like, this is drama that I love because it's not mine. Ashley even compares herself to Mother Earth, mm. proclaiming that she'll have this wedding even if Mother Earth has other plans for the wedding, meaning the weather. That's a thing. Yeah. So they all gather on the beach. Everyone is praying that the rain doesn't get any worse because it is raining a little bit. Ashley and Manuel each say their own vows. They've they've written them themselves rather than going to the standard ones, which is actually pretty nice. Even though Manuel starts off right off the bat saying they've had so many battles together. That's a great start. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the vows? Eh, I thought I thought they were nice. I, I thought it was kind of surprising that Manuel was able to come up with some nice things to say. That's quite surprising. Ashley obviously skirts over all the other issues and just focuses on this life that she wants to have and not the life that she currently has. Any predictions for this couple in the future since they do get married? He's leaving. In one of their interviews, he even said that it was a 20-year contract and I'm pretty sure they've been together for a couple years now. So he's just going to wait out that contract, grab his green card and peace out. I've been saying this from the very beginning. You think he's going to stick? For the full 20 years of the contract? Not in the slightest, but he put a timeline on it. And given what we know about him, it's going to happen a lot quicker than than she's ever going to. Well, she's not even going to foresee it. She will not foresee it. He's just going to peace. Do you think there's any chance that they'll stay together 
but that Manuel will continue to railroad Ashley and to to try to like to determine where they spend their money and you know what she gets to know about his life which is so private and secret and she'll just go along with it because she enjoys the sex so much and for whatever reason she finds him attractive that she'll just go with it i think that manuel will stick around long enough for as long as it suits him i think He'll get to that green card point and then he'll get the ick if he hasn't gotten it already and then he'll leave. He's leaving yeah. is what I'm saying. Okay. So you're strongly in the leave camp. I, I'm tending towards the leave camp, but I think that there's a slight chance that he would stay and just find it such a cushy life being able to get her to do whatever he wants and where he doesn't have to be accountable for everything. He can just count on her to lead him into a public washroom whenever there's a big argument or wherever else is convenient that they find and fix all of their problems that way. Because he, like we've been saying all season, he's getting the best of all worlds. Doesn't have to be accountable. Doesn't have to apologize. Gets a lot of sex and the sex is his reward for bad behavior. Yeah. Kind of a cushy life. That's one perspective, but I still think that he doesn't like, he just tolerates her just enough. Mm. And I don't think that once he gets that green card, he's going to be able to tolerate her for much longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see him being the kind of person who gets a side chick and then Ashley will find out about the side chick and get so mad that she'll kick him out. Just one? I, I don't know. But we don't have good hopes for these two. I don't think we have from the beginning. We have not. I really want to see them in the tell-all to see what's happening. I think they might have some interesting things to reveal. I, I wonder if anyone's going to call Manuel out or either one of them out on their their choice of resolution, conflict resolution. I doubt it, but you never know with, with the other uh, cast members chiming in. You don't know. Obviously, Sean's not going to say anything. So, you know, I have hope that the other cast members are going are gonna to call him out on something. And actually suggest that their method of conflict resolution is not conflict resolution and perhaps is even detrimental to their relationship. Perhaps. That's a very high expectation. But I also wonder if their concept of conflict resolution or their choice of conflict resolution is going to end in a pregnancy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ew. All right. On that happy note, let's move on to Annalie and Clayton. Yes. So we are still waiting for Annalie to show up the wedding, which is 30 minutes behind schedule, same as it was last week. Clayton's declaration that now it's tar time to start talking to the guests actually just means turning to everyone and saying, thank you for your patience. And that's it. It's like one of those phone recordings. Thank you for your patience. We'll be with you when we, when we can, or you're such and such number in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, Annalie shows up, but we have to find out how she actually got to that point of showing up at the wedding. So the clock goes back an hour and a half so that we can see what happened when she was at the house by herself. And she says that after that phone call with her mother, which you and I found to be very disappointing, that it we felt that it kind of left her in this place where she was drifting. She didn't have the kind of resolution that she was seeking or affirmation of any kind. That she actually describes this phone call as having made her feel more calm. 
I don't, Interesting. I don't understand that at all. Maybe she just accepted what her mom had said and then just decided that, yeah, yeah, fine. I guess I'll just go along with it. Just kind of gave up on the conflict in her head. Just kind of gave up that control and was like, okay, it's happening anyway. Yeah. I felt like she was suggesting that she had bought into her mom's rhetoric, the sunken cost fallacy stuff. You've been in this relationship for two or three years. You don't want to give it all up. So she buys into that, I think, wholeheartedly, because the statements that she makes after she describes feeling calmer from this phone call all seem to be in that vein in the, oh, I'll regret it if I don't do it because I've already got so much going on here. Right. And then she says, I still don't know if I'm making the right choice, but she is going ahead with the wedding and a life with Clayton. I'm still asking myself, why, why Clayton? What is so great about him that she actually likes him enough to get married to him? Again, not a good way to start your marriage with trepidation and uncertainty. Yeah. Don't you think that on the point of getting married on the morning or a few hours before the ceremony itself is about to begin, if you still have this feeling inside of yourself that you're not sure if you're making the right choice, that perhaps that is a strong signal from your body, from your inner wisdom saying, don't do it. Yes, but let's just ignore that and continue on. Uh, Sunken cost fallacy stuff, right? (laughs) If you can ignore the feelings that you're having, the intuition and go ahead with it anyway, that's just your logic taking over, right? right? So she goes through with a wedding. She's got Clayton's dad walking her down the aisle. Where did he come from? Where has he been? I didn't even know that he was in the picture, that he was alive. He's never been mentioned before. He has not. I was very surprised to see him show up. And how is he so tall with Clayton being this tiny little shrimp man? And how is Annalise so comfortable with him already? Clearly, there's already been an introduction and some sort of bonding between the two of them, but we've seen none of it. Thanks, production. Yeah, that was quite a bomb. How is it that she is ready to accept this person to walk her down the aisle, a very significant role in her important day, if she's never met him before? What? Why were we left in the dark? I, I, I don't know. I don't know the purpose of not having an introduction between the two of them, because I feel like that could have been a really nice segment for them to have because, you know, we saw her meeting closet mom with closet mom coming out with the classic Tiamo immediately the introduction to Brandy, which obviously didn't go so well, but has now flourished into something quite nice, which is lovely to see. And then Clayton's dad comes in out of nowhere. And obviously there was a meeting, but we didn't get to see it. Question mark. Big question mark. I don't know. Annalie is one of the most unhappy brides that I think I've ever seen. <laughs> you, can, you can actually see fear in her eyes when she's doing her personal interview, the one that she's doing at the time that she's getting ready to get married. She looks so depressed when she's talking about choosing a life with Clayton that I just wanted to reach to the screen and grab her and save her. I do believe the word that she used was accepting 
her life with Clayton. Not a choice. It was her acceptance of it. Wow. So that suggests, what's that thing when you lower your standards? Bad thing. Well, what is that? Not compromise, but just lowering your standards so much that settling. Yes. She's settling. Mm -hmm. So she cries at the wedding, but I didn't feel like her tears were from an overwhelming happiness and love. It's more like she was committing herself to a prison sentence. She was realizing that and she was crying for herself for the life that she was losing. She was walking to turn herself in. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Such an upsetting wedding to watch. I did wonder who the officiant was because remember, we didn't know who that person was going to be. And Clayton said that he was going to ask whoever at the wedding wanted to do it. So maybe it was some random guy. Then they have the reception after the wedding. Clayton is going to show off his dance moves by actually performing the Peruvian dance that he learned when they were in San Diego. Which answered the question of why is he learning it? Where does Cameron fit into this? So now it makes more sense that he would invite her to do it with him. And she seemed kind of touched that he would do something like that. (laughs) Yeah, it was a sweet moment. And of course, any human being in that situation would feel touched that somebody is learning a little bit about your culture and bringing it into that moment in order for you to feel more comfortable. It is a nice gesture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say that I was quite surprised that he remembered the dance moves. Hmm. Yeah, we didn't see him practicing at all, except for that one time, which seemed rather brief. Okay, so the final thing that we see is closet mom, who's talking about getting her own place and leaving the newly married couple to themselves. So maybe there is a chance that Clayton can live without her, and that she's going to be out of Annalise's life. I don't see it happening. I feel like this is closet mom just acknowledging that she should move out. But she also has this dream of, you know, being surrounded by plants. And unless she's talking about all of her purchases growing mold, I don't see how that's going to be a thing. (laughs) Excellent. That's a lovely picture. She's delusional, I think. I, I think the idea is lovely. But I don't think Closet Mom is going to execute it. Maybe that will be something that is revealed at at the tell-all. Maybe. Or not. Maybe. I think Scott should (laughs) say, no. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So there is one one more scene with them. The happy couple are back at Clayton's apartment, or their apartment, I should say. Did you see the pandas on the bed? Yes. Did you see what the pandas were doing? I did not. So there was a large panda and a little panda, one panda about twice the size of the other. The bigger panda was lying on its back. The smaller panda had its face in the crotch of the larger panda. So I think Clayton uses these as a means by which he can show Annalie what he wants done to him sexually. Ew. Uh Uh-huh. Pretty ew. The next big thing is for Annalie to tell her dad about Clayton. She's decided this is her wedding gift to Clayton. She's going to reveal the truth at last and let her dad know that Clayton is her 
boyfriend. But it's very confusing when they set this up because it looked like she was hedging. So she was going to reveal at the very least that Clayton was her boyfriend. But there was a chance that she could then reveal that he was also her husband. I believe they did when they showed the rings and that's when her dad walks off. Yeah, she did actually do both things in the end. But when they were setting it up, she was saying, I'm going to introduce you as my boyfriend. And then Clayton was kind of confused about that and asking her for clarification. And it seemed like she was just hedging her bets saying, I'm going to go see how the situation goes. If it's good, I'll tell him you're my husband. If it's not good, I'm just going to tell him you're my boyfriend. Because otherwise, why would you bother with the whole, oh, this is my boyfriend and he's also my husband? What? Hmm? I I feel like she just got partway into it, like the whole boyfriend thing, and then just decided to rip the Band-Aid off because she knew it wasn't going well to begin with. So what has she got to lose by saying it all? He's already upset. He doesn't take it very well, does he? (laughs) No. He's very emotional. He's incredulous understandable. And he even takes off. He leaves the video chat and somebody else appears on the screen to chat with Annalie to say, your dad just went away. He's very upset. And the person who is speaking to Annalie, she looked a lot like Annalie and I was confused. Is that Annalie's sister or is that Annalie's stepmother? I don't think they specified who she was. Yeah, but I just wanted to know. Annalie and Clayton are understandably sad after this because dad hasn't taken the information very well. But I mean, it's kind of your fault. You didn't tell him from the beginning what was going on. You lied your way through the whole moving to the United States thing. He still thinks that she has a job there. She didn't correct him right off the bat when he said, how's work going? (laughs) She just said, oh, fine. And you? The couple are sad. Dad seems to be very upset, mad. Again, will we find out at the tell-all after all this time that's passed since they had this phone call with him? How how has he been? Has he accepted it? Has he embraced them? What's happening? Will he come on as a special guest? Maybe. I highly doubt he would ever agree to it. But what I found interesting Mm. is her father's demeanor is kind of how I expected Citra's dad to be. Very militant and, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but that's how I pictured Citra's dad. So the fact that it was Annalise's dad with this personality, I thought was really, really interesting. But it also Hmm. makes sense as to why she was so afraid to tell him. Yep, totally. Next up is Sam and Citra. Ready for these? Sure. Citra is waking up in a bed that's very large with her two sisters beside her. And Sam is in another bed, a bunk bed, next to this very large bed. And on top is Herman on the top bunk of the bunk bed. What a hilarious visual. It was so funny that they should spend their wedding night, all five of them, in one room in two beds. I thought this is just too funny for words. How did this come to happen? Why didn't they go somewhere to have a night on their own? Well, he, Sam did say that, you know, 
he can handle not being with her alone on the wedding night because, you know, they leave the next day. And then he clarified that all of them were afraid about the ghosts because it's a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. And this is where all of the American horror stories happen in theory. Right. So I I thought that was absolutely hysterical. Everyone was just afraid to stay in in this farmhouse. So everyone has to sleep together as if that's going to prevent this this serial killer from coming in and slaughtering them all or these ghosts from coming in and doing whatever ghosts do in old farmhouses in the middle of nowhere. Well, of course it will, because we know from those movies that it's only when you separate from your friends and or family that the ghosts and the serial killers come from you for you. So did they go to the bathroom in tandem in the middle of the night? Did they have to wake each other up? Probably. Okay. Okay. Or they had a uh, a chamber pot. Oh, right. Safety mm-hmm. in numbers mm-hmm. and or um, just preparing for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. So Herman is giving Sam a speech about being an adult, looking after Citra, as well as being a good Muslim, reminding him that work, alcohol and drugs are all forbidden. And Sam shakes his head vigorously and accepts all of these rules or conditions. He promises to do his best. And Citra has this expression on her face that makes her look like she's doubting his veracity. However, that could have just been edited in. We don't know. I wonder though, because now he's been a Muslim for approximately 24 hours. How many times has he prayed? Did they stop the wedding Mm -hmm. to have any of the prayers? Probably not. So Mm -hmm. not a good start. No. All right. And then the next scene with them, I did not understand. I was basically saying to myself, what the heck is going on here? Because we were watching Sam and Citra's extremely awkward first night together. And I just wanted to take my eyeballs out with forks because he's talking about chubby, fat old men. There's a remark about how the dogs were licking them while they were trying to get it on and having sex in the laundry room, all of which I did not need to know. I'm happy for them that they finally got their first night together, their honeymoon night. And what a night. Sure. Super productive. Were they doing laundry at the same time? Two birds with one stone. Hmm. Good question. No, (laughs) all we know is things went very quickly. So they had the speed cycle on. <laughs> but I, I think so, that's why no. Sam was talking about the old men, because he was trying to visualize yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. But gross. Don't need to know this. Thank you very much. Moving on. The only other thing that this couple has left to discuss that's of any interest to us is Sam's upcoming court date. And there was a message that came up on the screen about how he had to refile his paperwork and then he was going to get an answer in four to six weeks. Which brings the question, why did he have to resubmit it? That clearly indicates that he submitted something, but what did he submit? And I don't know if I read this somewhere or if it was just a thought. I'm not sure anymore. Uh, But I feel like he submitted something and it was missing signatures. And that's why mm-hmm. he had That's to... right. So I'm not making that up? No, that, I think that was a tidbit that you gave ah, us okay. when they first came on. Yeah. Okay, so the very last couple for this final episode 
is Sophie and oh, Rob. Yeah. They're in Santa Barbara for their wedding. He's talking to the camera and he admits at last that he cheated on Sophie when he's talking about all the things that they have to get over or have gotten over just the way Ashley did. So was that the first time that Rob actually acknowledged that he cheated? 100%. Hmm. Wow. And all that time of denying it all season long, all that gaslighting he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if she's going to watch this back and lose her blind because he did finally admit it. Or mm-hmm. is she just going to, you know, bottle that up like she does with everything else? Well, one thing that doesn't stay bottled up is the champagne, which Rob, of course, bungles the opening of. He gets it all over his shorts. But the happy couple toast themselves on the night of their wedding. So they're looking forward to the next day when the ceremony will take place. They decide, oh, this doesn't make any sense to me, that the bride and groom shouldn't see each other the day of the wedding. So he goes into a separate hotel room to get ready while she gets ready in, in the room that they were in. But they've already seen each other this morning. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Sophie isn't feeling well. Sounds like she might have COVID. She's got a cold or a fever and all of the symptoms kind of sound COVID-like. She wonders if this is a sign that she shouldn't marry Rob, which of course, yes, it is. But she doesn't listen. No, of course not. But, you know, as soon as she puts the dress on, she says, you know, the dress is on. That's it. Now she can't turn back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she gets dressed and she says how she feels so good about things, I thought that was a really nice contrast to the way that Anna Lee was when she had put on her dress and was saying, I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing, but I'm going to go ahead with it anyway. Yeah. Both of them shouldn't be walking down the aisle, but both of them do. Meanwhile, Rob is hanging out with his friends. And the friends actually say that Rob has come a really long way, which is disturbing in of itself <laughs> because of a long way from what? And is this really progress where he is now? It's, it's worrisome to think that he's come from somewhere that was further behind than where he is now. Because we've been saying since we met them that he has made no progress. Sophie's implied that there's been progress, but we haven't seen any. What is Mm -hmm. it? What are they referring to? Yeah, I'd like to know. So they weigh in on the couple's ability or capacity to get married successfully. And so Rob's friends are on board. Sophie's friend is on board. She seems to feel very happy that Sophie's getting married. The only person who isn't really is Claire. Not that she's going to stop the wedding or do anything drastic like that. She just doesn't believe really still to this day that Rob is marriage material, that he's really good enough for Sophie, but she's going to allow her daughter to do whatever it is that she wants to do because it's her life, of course. And so she's going to support her as she marries Rob. Good for Claire. Good for her. Mm -hmm. Obviously being a very supportive mother, being there, trying to point out all these flaws, but still supporting her daughter in the choices that she's making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's great. We have another sister who's planning the wedding of her sibling. So Rob's sister, just like Clayton's sister, is taking care of all of the arrangements. And it looks absolutely beautiful. I love those little tables on the beach and the flowers were beautifully chosen. It was really well done. I thought it was really cute that everyone was sitting in the sand. Uh, Maybe that's a personal (laughs) preference, but 
I really enjoy how soft the sand is and how you can kind of like mold it to fit however you want to sit so you're not stuck in those plastic chairs that they always have at weddings. I thought that was actually really, really cute. And they had excellent weather for mm-hmm. it, unlike some some people. Sophie arrives at the wedding in a Porsche Cayenne. Obviously a rental car. There's no question about that. But the cost of the rental of this car must have been even more than Rob spent on the wedding rings. Yeah. 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 Very likely. Okay. Very likely. So I'm thinking this is all Claire because Rob would not have allowed Sophie to spend that much money on a car. You know what? I could see Rob wasting that kind of money on his arrival vehicle because Mm -hmm. then he would get to ride in it. But I can't see him condoning Sophie doing it. So, yeah, I do believe Mm -hmm. that was Claire. Mm -hmm. Last week in the previews, they were suggesting that Claire was going to do or so sorry that they were suggesting that Sophie was going to do a runner at the wedding and that she was going to take off right as she's walking down the aisle. But that was actually just Sophie and Claire getting lost, trying to find the right pathway down to the beach. So thank you very much for that. I thought that was pretty funny, especially when Sophie was like, he probably thinks that I'm running off, but we're just trying to figure out how to get down to the beach. How many different ways are there to get down to the beach? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of shrubbery, so it was difficult to see the right way. Oh, the shrubbery. (laughs) we love a good shrubbery sure do too bad it didn't prevent her from getting there (laughs) so sophie much like ashley believes that she and rob have overcome all of their problems but really nothing's been resolved she's just learned how to cope with his overreactions with his bad behavior by hiding her feelings and just making herself really small just bottling it up throwing it into Mm -hmm. the ocean Mm -hmm. yeah very sad and finally claire catches the bouquet that sophie throws which is just exactly as rob predicted however without throwing his mother onto the ground tackling her yeah there was there was no drama in that capacity Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. all but uh do, do you think that claire will be part of the single life She would be great on The Single Life, but I highly doubt it. I think that despite her being a kind of a loud person, a very vocal person, a person who obviously enjoys to have a good time, I don't think that she's the kind of person who would want to share her private life. I don't think so either. I think she just did the show for for Sophie, but I just think that would be very entertaining. And as I said to you (laughs) earlier, um, I think Brandy would also be an excellent addition to the single life. Can't see her doing that, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Brandy would have been awesome. Uh, closet mom. Nope. No, no, never. Not in a million years. Do we have anybody else that was interesting? Cameron. Ash. Uh, Cameron is in a relationship, so he's not single. But was his girlfriend there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that she was, which made me question as to mm-hmm. whether or not they're still together, but it could be she was too full of yike and didn't want to go. She could have been too full of yike, but she could have also said, yike, it's too expensive. I can't take off for that long from work. Perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we have mentioned already, the tell-all starts next week. 
we get two weeks of tell-all and then it's on to the next season of Happily Ever After. Right. I think everybody already knows at this point, my opinion, as well as Amy's opinion on the host, Sean, we would like to start a petition whereby they either replace Sean or they allow questions from the audience members. So like allowing us to email in questions before the tell-all so that we can get that satisfaction of having at least the questions asked, if not answered. Yes, some sort of audience participation would be lovely as opposed to all of the decent questions coming from the cast. Yeah, it it really is so sad when you have to rely on the people in the cast to carry the show to bring up the things that are hard to talk about, rather than having a host who can hold people accountable, who isn't afraid to ask a tough question and maybe ruffle somebody's feathers. I, as, as a viewer, I just feel completely let down and, and, and like I'm wasting my time because I don't actually get the satisfaction of hearing them talk about the things that have been happening all season long and that we've been wondering about. It's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to, to add? Any commentary? Uh, Brandy started an OnlyFans. Oh, my God. Everybody is in the freaking OnlyFans. Apparently that's where the money is. Okay. Yeah, I know Jasmine is in there from this cast, as well as Rob mm-hmm. and Sophie, where she had one before 90 Day, and I'm not sure if she has one now. I think I've I've lost track. Oh. I'm, I'm not going to look any of these up. I've, I've already been traumatized during this season, yeah. so I'm just... No. That's it. Noted. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't have to cause yourself any mental damage by watching this show and finding out what's actually happening behind the scenes. I appreciate that you have gone to the lengths that you've gone to in order to provide us with really quality tidbits all season long. Thanks. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Before we go, if you're enjoying the 90 Day Fiance Honestly podcast, please follow our show. And if you have a moment to rate us, that will help other fans of the show to find us. So please take the time to give us some stars. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.